So welcome to the show. I'm David Speed. I'm Adam Brazier. And this is Creative Rebels. Uh, it's a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. We started our first company, Graffiti Life, in a small garage. Yeah, it wasn't easy. But we built the company up to the stage where now we're regularly working with brands like Disney and Nike. And we've been lucky enough to make art all over the world. On this podcast, we interview successful creators. Their advice will enable you to take action and turn your passion into a career. There's literally been no better time in history to make a career from being creative. So many people are going to tell you that you can't do it, but we're here to tell you that you definitely can. Right, let's do a podcast. Welcome back, Rebels. Bonus time. Another lovely bonus for you here. I'm really excited about this one. Yeah, this is a really, really great episode. So we sat down today with Alex Manzi, one of our good, good friends, who hosts a podcast called The Dreamer's Disease. And we did a Q&A, didn't we? We did, <laughs> Yeah, we did. We answered your questions that you'd sent through to us. Um, we posted up on our stories at Rebels Create on Instagram and got some really good questions from you guys. And uh, Alex asked his audience for questions as well. And we just went, we just went deep. Yeah, on, uh, it was a really good episode. I think what was really nice about that is Anton, who edits this podcast and works with Alex as well, he was helping on the day doing some recording and doing all the filming for it. And at the end, he was like, that was gold. Yeah. You know, sometimes when like we've had it in podcast episodes before, when you just, when you finish recording, you've like, oh, we've bottled, we've bottled something there. We've got, we've got a little bit of gold. So that's how we feel about this episode. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Keep on sending through your questions to us because we can talk till we're blue in the face about all the stuff we think you want to know about. But um, it's, it's really good to actually find out what the things that are really bugging you and that are holding you back so that we can actually like dive into those and help you with them. So send any questions over to connect at rebelscreate.com or at rebelscreate on Instagram. Just drop us a DM and we're happy to answer those questions. So let's get into the episode. been up to this week so i know you're always up to kind of cool interesting stuff uh, i'm just back from holiday so i've been uh dealing with my inbox today which is chaos i did i cast an eye over it while i was away but i try not to get sucked into that email trap when yeah. i'm away because yeah you know what that can be like and the whole point of going away is to get away from that in the first place yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and this week well with this and last week for me has just been kind of filling that gap of like as soon as these two go away there's suddenly like extra stuff to do on when you run three businesses it's quite hard yeah. to stay on top of everything all the time yeah but I can, I can only imagine it's like I feel like that sometimes with like freelancing this podcast yeah. football podcast well st- other stuff that I do it's just like it's just so much stuff at once you're like oh and how to do it all just trying to keep organised with it isn't it um, then that's that's if you're in love with what you're doing then yeah, exactly. that's that's why we do it do you know what I mean because exactly. we love the process we love all this stuff yeah. it's like I loved my holiday but I'm so glad to be back yeah. like it was a it was a week but I wouldn't want it to be longer 
I, I love going away so I feel like the first week's kind of like having to force myself to detach and then the second week is getting so hyped to come back yeah like literally the second because I just sit there and like if you're laying on the beach or something and you've got some time free because nowhere in my life do I have an hour to just lie there and not yeah, do yeah. anything yeah and so to be able to lay somewhere and just think about stuff is so rewarding so I'm like I could do this I could do this I could do this oh shit I've not got my laptop on me oh can't wait to get back like yeah I just get I guess so- yeah de-stressing like helps you helps you think of new ideas yeah because if you're always in the constant grind of of like this is this is how everything happens then you don't have the chance to like step back and and kind of let creativity i guess that's that kind of thing that we're working on with adobe like yeah. they've got this thing called createfulness and that's like the, the push of their their newest campaign and, yeah. it, and it's like it's talking about like taking that time to be creative because like because we only really do when it comes to the podcast and stuff like that we're only really doing brand stuff that kind of resonates with stuff that we believe in yeah so like we got approached by a dating app recently it's like that it's not really relevant oh, for our so audience dating so. app man you should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I said uh, i said to the the person who, who emailed was like oh we really want to sponsor you for this dating app blah 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 and i was like oh that's that's really lovely and because because if we were if podcasting was our full-time job then we'd like straight away we'd say yes because yeah like you can't turn that down but we're obviously in the luxury position where it's not our full-time job and we can turn down sponsors so we were like oh you know we're just trying to provide value for our our listeners that's not really what they're tuning in for and she got really offended and she was like well dating apps are really valuable to single people i was like yeah yeah i get it but that's just yeah, not yeah. We, we don't, don't yeah. do a podcast for singles like yeah, if we did like, then that'd be like relevant eating but. is really relevant to people and like if waitrose came to us and said oh we want to do a thing about food we're like well people create people come to us for creativity not for yeah. what i'm gonna eat that night like, yeah. exactly yeah yeah we all we all need to eat but yeah. like, like there's a place for that and it's not our podcast yeah, yeah. water comes to us and said oh here's a discount off your water <laughs> bill for everyone who's listening yeah like, it's not it's not relevant yeah exactly yeah. but but yeah but their their um campaign is is createfulness and like taking that time to just like De- designate and you talk about it a lot yeah. designating time to be creative is really fucking important yeah so important I think just having time to learn as well is so important I think that's a lot of what I've learned over the past year or two is just setting that time aside to listen to some like I so I listen to a lot of audiobooks and what I started to do originally was listen to them whilst doing other things and I feel like I wasn't really learning and I think taking that time so I've now got like a little notebook that I keep with me it's in my bag that as I'm listening to stuff, I write it down mm. because, like, to start off, I started like writing it down into my phone, but I feel like I don't remember it as well doing that. Obviously, there's different types yeah. of learners, and for me, it's like if I can write something down, like at school, it was always the same by writing it down, I take it to memory so much better. and it, like it's so useful and I can go back and just look through the notes and I've got a real like summarised version of what that was in my own words mm. and it just brings back the memories so quickly yeah there is something really powerful isn't there in writing stuff down I think it's maybe because you're like as well as you know writing it in the phone is kind of you're doing physically writing it typing it you're not putting it into like the physical world like yeah. ink to paper which is like stay in there because like that note might get deleted or whatever by mistake or your phone malfunctions or whereas yeah. like when you're physically writing it's like an actual it's an action isn't it yeah. it's like, well, I think there's like well I don't know the science of this these days but like when I was at school there was always like three types of learner you were like an audible learner a kinetic learner or whatever the third one was I'm not sure but I was definitely a kinetic learner it was like by doing mm. the things is how I would learn and remember if it was just someone telling me I would just go over my head I'd forget I'd get yeah. distracted obviously. I'm totally the same and it's like 
I love, I love how like even with the podcast when I started it's like I could read as much as possible about how to start a podcast but it's like until I sat down and recorded and started interviewing people I wasn't learning how to interview people like you could you could listen to as many as you like you can watch all of the interviews look at all the articles about tips on how to ask questions but until I start doing it I'm not actually learning anything I think there's a definitely a fine balance there between because some people will just go straight into it researching nothing and some people will never start because they're too busy thinking like well I need to learn more to do it I think it's definitely good to do some research before you go into anything otherwise because like all you need to find out is like one bit of advice from mm. someone who's that's going to save you so much time so when we launched our podcast we wanted to go into it launching a number one podcast and that's what we did by doing a bit of research to find out how the algorithm works how other people have done it before and then once you've got enough advice you don't need to hear the advice from every single person in the world if you've got two or three people saying similar things then okay you've you've understood it now like mm. you can move on you don't need to keep going and keep going just to get this tiny little bit of extra stuff it's like it's the doing that counts yeah yeah i got dm'd by someone this week and he numbered his questions one to six and I got back to him and I've, I've started replying with voice notes because I find it much quicker so I just replied with some voice notes but I was like literally questions one to five just google them and I was like I don't don't want to be a dick but like just google them like because he was asking what mics to use what software to edit in and I was like you can find all of that online there's a million blogs for for what people recommend like I can help you with question six, which was like, how do I get people to actually listen to it? Yeah. I was like, that I can help you with because of that, there's a lot of stuff online that's maybe not that accurate. But when it comes down to what mic should I buy, you could buy this one, this yeah. one, or this one. They all do the same job. These people love them that are making great podcasts. It's got good sound. That's yeah. all you need to it's know. It's also totally dependent on your setup. Like I did a workshop at the Roundhouse last week and it was about podcasting and DIY content creation. It's like everyone's asking, oh, how do I start a podcast? What equipment do I need? I was like, well, depends on your budget. Like I had a few hundred quid I could spend on equipment. So I went and bought a nice recorder and mics. And if you've got 50 quid, maybe just buy a cable for your iphone yeah 100%. And, and just use yeah. that and the recording software you can download or whatever so yeah i i know someone who um she's interviewed like charlie brooker just iphone and a little little plug-in cable that i think she said cost 12 quid on amazon so it's like yeah you if if it's the desire isn't it if you want to make it work you can make it work you i think a lot of people use equipment as an excuse to procrastinate into it's like okay well, I'm just going to get the right mics and then I'm going to get the audio and then I'm going to spend a year learning how to edit and all of that stuff when it's like really just start just throw yourself into yeah. it yeah yeah talking of questions that's actually why we're here aren't we because we've got some questions see this always happens like wh what just happened by accident is when we see you we just start having a chat and that's happened but the mics just happened to be on yeah <laughs> um, but yeah we should we've already had a chat before this and we both were, all three of us were like we should have pressed record 15 minutes ago really because yeah, we were talking about all away. sorts so um, why are we here Alex? so we are here because every time I see you guys I'm always fanboying on obviously the podcast but the intros specifically with you guys so I just love like the dynamic between you two chatting about stuff and answering questions and just giving your helpful tips to people through like your experience and I actually think it was you David who said we should do one the three of us because we haven't and we have recorded once with the three of us when I was on your podcast but 
we have conversations individually when we see each other. Yeah, we that don't. was just us grilling you. Yeah, it was, it was different. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was me sitting there going, I don't actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's why we're here. Well, that, that happened by accident really, didn't it? Because our, our, our early episodes, we we just did like a quick intro that was like, this week on the show is Alex Manzi. Uh, bye. Yeah. And that was pretty much yeah. it. And then as our audience started like reaching out and asking questions and stuff, which happened totally organically. We were like, oh, well, I guess we could answer that at the beginning of the episode. And and then when we were like doing events and stuff, we were like, oh, we could talk about that at the beginning of the episode. And it just gradually evolved into where it's now turned into like, we probably spent about like 20, 20 minutes talking at the beginning of each episode. Yeah, now. yeah, I think it's become, we definitely get a lot of feedback from some people who's, those first like a few minutes of us talking of their favourite bits and they're not even that interested in some of the guests so, so if there's a guest they're not, not interested in at all they'll just listen to our bit and then stop yeah it's mm. like so I think going forward like we might try and like split it up a bit more so we try and do those a bit more and separate them from the episodes yeah we'll see what happens we're, we're playing with it we'll, we'll yeah. see what I think that's the good thing about it is you can isn't it it's like you know it works as it is and it might work better separating it it might not you could even get other people in get Anton in yeah people love Anton he's great at stuff like this <laughs> he's having a coffin fit right now but he's generally great <laughs> generally, I think I actually think it's like a really nice part of the podcast because I'm always like oh my god I love that bit when you were talking about that, that, that. <laughs> and I love the way that you've managed to orchestrate this whole thing so you can get yourself into it like I was <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> um, like I was talking to someone at the weekend and found out how like Soccer Aid started and how like Robbie Williams was one of the people behind that and the reason he What's started Soccer Aid so oh, it's okay. a big thing for UNICEF where they get like um, celebrity yeah, like football match with right, like right. It's kind of like a comic, comic relief, but like a football thing, and they get like an, a UK, like an England team first, like the rest of the world. So like Usain Bolt will be in it, and like loads of different celebrities. Okay. And Robbie Williams basically has always wanted to wear an England shirt <laughs> and play in Wembley, but has never been able to because he's not good enough at football. Yeah. So started this as a way that he could wear an England shirt at Wembley. Are you saying that Alex Manzi is the Robbie Williams of our podcast? Yeah, yeah. I like, I'll like, take that. All yeah. day. <laughs> Highly apt that I'm wearing a football shirt as well. He just needs a Creative Rebels logo. <laughs> I'm the yeah, the Creative Creative Rebels Robbie Williams. Take that. So uh, we've asked our audience some questions. Was, was the you asked them questions, or they've asked you questions? Oh well, we asked them to ask us questions. <laughs> yes. Well, so we all thought this one was a good one. I've lost motivation to keep pushing my side hustle, but I do miss it. How do I get it back? And that's from T Clark Freelance on Instagram. So I think this is a really interesting one for two reasons. One, because I was there not too long ago, as David knows, because we had a really interesting DMC on the roof of your office by mistake, wasn't it? <laughs> we just having to catch up yeah. and turn into DMC of basically that exact situation with me. But also, I think my answer to this is going to be totally different to yours, which I think is going to be super interesting. So I would say, just sit on it and wait for, wait for the inspiration to come back, because that's what I did. I, I, the more I forced myself to try and do stuff the more I was like, oh, I'm just not I'm just not in the mood for it. I'm just really uninspired by it. And I actually had to end up giving myself two weeks, or just, no, it was a week and a half, to just not engage in writing, recording. I think I even skipped posting a podcast for the week, which I've only ever done once before. All of that stuff. Did and you get any feedback? Did anyone complain no, that, no? No, I didn't get one. Clearly people don't care that much, as, <laughs> as I thought. <laughs> no, um, no, no one, just generally no one really said anything and it was like by the time the next episode came out it was like as if nothing had happened but yeah. for me a lot had changed because I had taken myself out of all the situations and I'd allowed myself to just 
do stuff and not be worrying about trying to be creative, trying to find the motivation to record, trying to find the motivation to write and all of that stuff. I just allowed myself to do everything else that I would not normally do. Not not normally do, but like just go and sit in the park and read a book, go for a long walk, just enjoy like smaller things. And then all of a sudden, like it all just came firing back in. Did you ask yourself why you felt like that or why you thought you felt like that? Because I'm guessing that's kind of almost hitting maybe a level of like burnout in terms yeah. of you've been doing the same thing for a certain amount of time and now it's just become a bit too much and I just it's just frazzled you. Or is it... Because it's like... I think the question's really interesting for me because it's like if you're not liking doing this, is it because you picked the wrong side hustle? Like, mm. are you doing a side hustle for just to make money from it or are you doing it because it's actually something you're really passionate about yeah. like people like the phrase side hustle I, f I feel like that's people forcing it to become a business like it should just be a passion that can earn you money yeah like it would you be doing that side hustle if money wasn't involved if you were just could do it for free forever would you continue to do that because that's an interesting question for the whoever's message there like do you actually want to do this or are you just doing it because there's a chance to make money from it? It's like, if I wanted to, I was thinking really random things, but if I wanted to open a coffee shop, like, it would be quite cool. Like, I could go and do that if I wanted to get really into making coffee on the side, but I'm only doing it because I think there's money to be made there. I'm not doing it because I've actually got a passion about coffee. Mm. Then that's when I need to really start thinking about, am I doing it for the right reasons? Like, am I doing this because I actually love it and it makes me happy? Or am I doing it because it makes me money. And if you're doing it because it makes you money, then it's not a side hustle, it's your job. It's like, if you don't enjoy your job, you're just basically creating a second job for yourself. Mm. Don't do that. Like a side hustle should be something that takes you away from something that you're not enjoying doing and allow you to do something that you do enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah it's your escape and that could potentially lead to, if you love it that much, to full time. Like yeah. you can break away, like you, it's a, it's on the side for now as you're kind of bringing it to the boil and as soon as it's on the boil, then you leave wherever you're at now and you move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah I, I, yeah, I couldn't say it better than myself. I think that's that's that really nails it. It's like, yeah, looking into why is it fatiguing you? Is it is it something that really brings you joy? Because if it does, then it shouldn't feel like, like work, even though there are obviously is a lot of work yeah. involved in setting up your side hustle yeah. it's like, I don't know anyone who's just had a hobby that has got fatigued from it or got bored of it or like we're just like oh I hate this hobby now like I used to play basketball like National League and that was great and it was a proper hobby that became a bit it got too competitive like mm. I, the fun for me went out of it and that's why I stopped playing because it just wasn't fun anymore yeah. and I stopped and that was fine and I just moved on to something else yeah I think that's kind of where I was at to be fair was I was trying too hard to force it into becoming something that was going to pay me and stopped doing it because I enjoyed it which is yeah. why I had to allow myself to step away from everything and remember actually I quite like sitting down setting up the equipment having these types of conversations yeah. like and I had to give myself the time to realise which is why I say to that person if you sit back allow yourself the time to find the passion for it again and you might not like with yeah. you in basketball you might not which is yeah. fine because you'll find something else if you're yeah. that if you're that way inclined you will always find another passion another hobby another yeah. side hustle whatever you want to call it so but if it is something you love then like just be tough on yourself yeah like I mean which is which is where we kind of disagree I don't like I I wouldn't want to step away from it I like I just advocate like just going for it like it's 
it's the process. It's like, if you are enjoying doing it, then, then keep doing it. If it's not bringing you joy, then you need to, you need to look at it. But then also knowing that nothing worth doing is easy. Like, everything that's everything that all all of us in this room that we've achieved that has been worthwhile has been hard work Mm -hmm. it's been fun and like and some of like me and him look back at some of the things that we've done like that have nearly broken us but we look back with a smile because those are actually the fondest memories of the ones when the times were so hard when we were nearly getting evicted and when we when we were surviving on super noodles and things were really really tough those were actually really really fun times that we look back on really fondly yeah it's funny because when i think of like my biggest moments from running our business that's been running for almost 10 years now like i've kind of think of like that first six months really fondly and then like vividly and kind of like all loads of the best stories came then mm. and then they're like over the past like eight years in between there's been lots of good things that happened but they almost kind of like blends into one. It's like those initial things when it, things are really shit are the most exciting. Mm. And I think, yeah, wouldn't want to go back there now, but... <laughs> but you know, well, what we did fun. as well is we, we, we leveraged those early years. We, I was thinking about this the other day, like we didn't pay for anything because we just leveraged our skills to get the things that cost money that we wanted to do at the time. So if there was an event that we wanted to go to that we couldn't afford to go to, we would just pitch to them that we be at the event. Um, At at the time it was, it would be doing live painting. So we will come to your event. We'll do live painting. And we'd oftentimes we end up getting paid to attend an event that we wanted to go to. We, we couldn't afford to go out and have drinks. So there'd be times where we'd get booked for, I I remember specifically like, um, well, there's been quite a few, but I remember like the Metro party, we got booked for uh, Metro newspaper. We got booked to do live art at their their, like end of year party. And we did, we went there, did the live art. And then like we were given all of these unlimited drinks. We couldn't afford to buy our own drinks. So it was a free bar for us, which was just incredible. We had so much fun knowing that like, this was our night out. We've earned this, like literally earned it by like doing the work during the day. Um, And we, just like everything that if we wanted like if we needed certain equipment we'd like try and contact a company to get them to support us in some sort of way get them to send it over for free we got all of our furniture from our first office like yeah. we got we still got some back yeah in the, we, we got like room, desk yeah. chairs we got desks from like a furniture company and it was just a just barter we just oh you have this art from us and we have your furniture <laughs> that's where i kind of feel like big companies big companies companies to get like investment who they've not kind of had that struggle and they just go into stuff and i'll be like oh well we've got a new office i'm going to spend 800 pounds on every chair and do all those things that's why some of those just fail because it's like they've not they don't feel like they've earned anything there it's just mm. like oh cool we've just got all this and then we now we owe someone 40 grand because we've invested all this stuff whereas like when we started everything was exchanged like we wouldn't pay anything for anything really or like you'd get a massive discount you've got a friend of a friend who could get you this for a bit cheaper and it was just like like you get really thrifty with it we do like a gallery show and we'd get it sponsored by an alcohol brand and then we'd have we'd have like surplus alcohol for the next six months that would be provided by like we had i've still got whiskey bottles at home because i don't drink anymore i've still got ockentosh and whiskey back at home that sponsored us yeah um and yeah i like just we would just find ways to get shit that we wanted but find ways of getting it for free and i think that's what you have to do in the beginning because you can't like you don't have the money to support yourself in those ways those luxuries so like barter and get them in other ways i think it's yeah. really important and like when you start anything just your 
value is in your time and your what you provide is so valuable mm. like you can exchange so much stuff if you want something find someone else who does that and ask them if they want your service and then just do a swap yeah. like money doesn't have to change hands at all like not at all you can do so much stuff just from meeting people and helping each other out yeah. and also the bonds you'll get from that will be so much better than just oh I paid you for something like how, like have you ever had a relationship with someone who you just bought something from in a shop it just doesn't happen yeah. but if you exchange someone exchange your time for theirs like you'll become friends off it yeah and funny enough with Anton sat here that's exactly the situation with us it's like, and now you guys as well it's like he offered to start helping film my podcast and off the back of that he started getting work filming and producing other podcasts he's now obviously editing your podcast yeah. so it's like that exact thing which Although, we do pay him for yeah so just, <laughs> just to yeah, make just that clear to, yeah I don't just to make that clear as well so, <laughs> so but that's what I'm saying it's like there might not be an exchange between me and Anton but the exchange has come with him and the other people he works with and you guys yeah. through the experience he's had in helping me and this is something that I spoke about on the panel at the roundhouse as well that I did last week that was like you might have friends who are interested in doing something similar to what you're doing and want to get the experience and through the experience, although they might not earn money by helping you, they will get the experience that they may earn money elsewhere. And that's as valuable to me as ex like exchanging money, you know, because if you're able to then help someone get the experience and it's not just Anton there's other people that I know and have seen that have done similar things and it's just always in the long run works out yeah you know? we talk a lot about working for free don't we yeah I feel like that's a, a big thing I think when really you're starting out it is 100%. I think, yeah I think working for free is so important it gets demonised online too it much I, I think it's like people t a lot of, there is a lot of people who take advantage in like bigger companies I think that's where it comes from it's like bigger massive like fashion brands or something like, like big design agencies will get people in and work for just get people to work in free because they know they can and they're not giving them value they just yeah. they know they can exploit them because they want they know that these people want their name on their cv and i think that's where it gets demonized so because of that but, but even then like if it's a name that you do want on your cv like we did a we did a lot of stuff for free just to get that name on our client list because it looked impressive when we were approaching other clients yeah. I think that that's still it's it's when the value exchange doesn't exist It's when so it's like if I'm working for free for you then I have the power and as the as the creative and the small guy like especially like when you're running a small business and you're like Microsoft for example just to pick a name out of the hat they have a 90 day payment policy so when you're a small business that can cripple you yeah. if you're waiting not like and, and not to single them out thousands of companies have that policy of 90 days payment but if you're working for free you have the power in that relationship and and i think too many creatives like they'll take the free work but they still won't allow the power to come to them so realize that you're the one in control in that situation so if you're not paying me then you don't get to dictate what i deliver to you i get to dictate it and it's it's like as long as you are getting something from it be that experience be that um, networking contacts be uh, it and be really specific as well like ask if they say they're going to post you on social media well like okay when how many posts like what what's the copy what are you going to write do you know what i mean like be in control of rather than just an airy fairy like oh you're going to post about it and then it might just be one post on their instagram stories that's that's gone tomorrow it's like what like what is it that you're getting from them and just be clear and then you can then assess 
if this is worth doing and it might be worth not doing yeah. get, getting and any money for it this is interesting because one of the questions I got was from a girl who is a young inexperienced freelancer for what I could tell and she was asking me about the struggle of like getting work with little to no experience and she was like it's okay for someone like you because you've got loads of experience that people take your work a bit more seriously but as someone who's younger and you know probably just out of uni or whatever or possibly even still in uni like how do you establish yourself in terms of like getting the work and I think this a lot of that comes down yeah. to what we were just saying doesn't that it that comes to the start, work, the start just working for free yeah. like just if you need experience and you don't have it and you can't pay someone for it do it for free like you know you've got to get experience to get there you just you know it you've, she's already said that mm. so I think yeah work for free find people like Instagram's a great place like with my photography a lot of that has just been grown from just shooting with people for free like finding people who I want to shoot with people who I find interesting models who I think if I shoot with you I'm going to get some great photos and just contacting them and say like look I'll do this for you for free we'll exchange photos like in, you'd call it like testing in the photography yeah. world where or like tear for pictures where like back in the day when you'd get like a tear for print where you'd kind of you'd get a magazine you'd rip it out and you'd have that yeah. in your portfolio but obviously now everything's digital yeah but yeah it's just like there's no problem with just messaging people and a lot of people if you go to them and say look i've got this service i'll do it for you for free it's like what, they have nothing to lose from that so mm. and most of the time people will say yes i think there's a fine line though between the exploitation of companies who expect to people to come and do work for free when they should be paying them for yeah. it. I think no, that's, like, that's a difficult. Bit. The, a really good way I judge it is if someone comes to you and says, "I want you to do this for me, but I'm not going to give you any money for it." That's probably a bad. Mm. That's probably not very fair in the way it's going to go, unless you come back to them and say, oh, "Well, this is exactly what I want." Whereas if you go to someone else and say, "Like I want to work for you for free," you're in control there. Like yeah. you've chose that you want to do that, and that's the way I would recommend people do it. Because like, we get so many emails from people who are like, oh, "I've got this job. It's at this event. You've exposed. You'll get be absolutely great. You'll get such great exposure." And but that's, they don't say we're going to use anything else. They don't tell us who the exposure is going to be to. Like, we get this all the time where someone will message us and say, we've got this event, it'll be so great for you, you'll get such great exposure. And then you'll realise that it's like a big kid's party or something. <laughs> and, well, actually, none of our clients are between the ages of five and eight. Yeah. So, But you'll be aware of a TikTok. Exactly. So, yeah. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we do get a lot of those of those emails, and I think TV is a really big one. Is that they're always like really, really willing to, like, you know, every single person when you go to a TV shoot, like the cameraman, the person who's emailed you in the first place, the producer, everyone, they're all getting paid, mm. but they they will always say, "Oh, we haven't got a budget for this," and people do it because they because it's on TV and we in the early like we don't take on TV stuff anymore like we we did in the early days we did like a bunch of stuff like Everything, we did every sports we were on Watchdog been, uh, yeah. we, uh, we painted um, like graphs on Watchdog didn't we and, and stuff like that but yeah we, we'd done so much TV stuff but we realised at the end of the day it didn't it didn't help our, us grow at all so it just wasn't worth our time I think that's again like working out what you're going into like because when we were starting our business and someone says you can come and be on tv you don't get any money for it you're like amazing great, millions yeah. of people are going to see but then you realize you're on tv you're kind of in the background or if you're there your company name's not mentioned or it's like if you're doing a like when you did the alan titchmar show for example yeah. it's like the people who are watching the alan titchmar show at half four in the afternoon aren't 
the kind of corporate clients that we would generally work with with Graffiti Life. Yeah. But I think you were right in what you said about being on the front foot with it and not, not having the people come to you. Yeah. You going out of your way to be like, this is what I do. This is what I can offer. I'm willing to do it. Usually I get paid X, but I'm willing to do it for yeah. free because, and be honest, I'm looking to get more experience and I'd yeah. love to work with you because I love your company or your brand or, yeah. you know. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a, it's a long process. It's, it's something that I've started talking about recently. So when I used to talk about our first year of business, I always used to say in our first year of business, we worked for um, Nike, Microsoft and Adidas. Yeah which is true, but it gave out this impression that we were successful right out the gate. And that is not true. Yes, we did work for those three big brands. However, we, that's not enough to survive on for a year, like three jobs for three big brands. It's like we were starving and it was fucking hard. And so I've started to reframe that now. Yeah, we did work for them, but like they were just, they were just steps on the journey. Don't expect overnight success. And when you book that first big gig, it'll be great and it'll be elation and whatever, but it's like quickly you need to move on to the next thing and the next thing. Because like the first, Adidas, for example, was the first of those big three. And you say to someone, oh, we work for Adidas. We painted a mural for them. And they think that sounds amazing. Mm. And then you kind of go back to the realism of it. And we were painting in some like small garage in South London that was just like a couple, we had some foam boards up in this room that was like full of stock, like really like strong lights on us. And we actually, on that job, because we wanted Adidas as a good client, we went to them and said, okay, well, this is your budget. This is what we normally do for that. But we'll do this for you, which is way more than you can pay for. Mm. Because we want to us, for us, that to look great on our portfolio. We want it to look like a wow piece that we've yeah. done for Adidas, not just this small little thing that's going to be in the side of an event. We want to we take- were like, do you mind if we give you more for your money? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great, yeah. But yeah, it's like, the actual realization of it wasn't glamorous but and then- that's, that's the thing as well is, is the the expectation is like i think everybody works to expectations so a client will ask them for something and they won't then think like oh but i could over deliver not for them even though it is great to over deliver for your clients but i could over deliver for myself yeah. if i can do more to this to make it better in my portfolio although it might cost me time and money like perhaps that's worth doing. And for us, it definitely was because what they had proposed was not a portfolio piece. However, we managed to turn it into something that was a portfolio piece that then resulted in us getting more more work directly. Like we could literally send that, we sent that image out to everyone we could saying, just did this, completed this for Adidas. Would you like us to do something for similar for you? And we got jobs off of the back of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. And I think that there's a lot of value in that, like doing, doing work, above and beyond especially in the field of what you guys do it's not obviously it doesn't work in every field like if I, I think was, it does if I, I think was to be like I want to do loads more social media work for you like there's only so much of that I can talk about without giving myself loads more yeah, work but, to do if you see what I mean but I think you can still do it in that you just have to do give a bit in, more yeah yeah in a, in like a, if you can leave someone delighted and like be like well god that guy he came and he said, said he'd do this and he did this little bit extra mm, as well yeah. even if it's a little bit it's that tiny bit that makes you mem- like memorable mm. yeah even if you just like yeah, stuff that you don't have to do. If, if you notice that they're doing something wrong on their Twitter and you just go, 
oh, can I just point out that like you're using your Twitter wrong? Like, here's how I do it. Like just a bit of advice or, or you, you, if you're recording a podcast episode for them, like you, you just do, you do an extra 15 minutes for them. Um, or if you're speaking at an event and someone asks a question in the Q and A and you just say to them, see me afterwards, cause we can go a little bit deeper on this. It's just providing that extra bit all the time. And as soon as you get into delivering just that little bit extra, then people will, they'll learn to trust you and they'll go further for you as well. Yeah. I think that's where repeat business comes from. It's yeah. like if you by making those relationships because that person went that little bit more to help you. It's like think about being in like a restaurant where you've been served and someone's just been extra nice and just mm. giving you like or like whenever you go to a restaurant they'll give you a free dessert at the end. Yeah. You'll always you're think that was to great. Go back and, as well. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like that, but for like if you're starting in a freelance or starting your own business, repeat clients. If you can build up if you get two clients a year when every year one of those clients comes back like over the years you've then got so many clients mm. and also they recommend another client exactly yeah yeah turn it, it from work. a transaction into a relationship the, because like that's been one, like one of the key successes to our businesses is turning transactions into relationships because it starts off with a cold email to us can you provide this service yeah we can but then if we can then interact with them and become friends with them then that becomes relationships where where we will bend over backwards to them because we become friends with them and because they know that we will do that they'll become friends with us and they'll help us and it's just it's it's human it's just like having those connections it, it just works like by doing that a little bit more for them now might make them do a little bit more for you in future and if yeah. that's the difference between you getting a job and not doing a job because within their agency or within their company they're pushed that little bit to get you on that role on that project then that's huge yeah, yeah. and I think so I think that's all very valuable and that, it ties in again to another question I've got here in a way because the question is actually about stress and dealing with stress and I know you guys have like three businesses I don't know if do you include the podcast in that or is that like a plus no. so let's, a call plus. It, let's call it four businesses yeah. um, obviously, it, it kind of is developing into a business with yeah. like speaking gigs and stuff like that exactly so. Yeah, and you know, similar for me, like work, freelance work, podcast stuff, projects, and it's like, to me, that dealing with stress isn't a question about how you deal with the stress. It's more about how do you deal with like productivity, because to me, productivity and being organised helps with not having too much stress. Yeah, I think stress is the result of something bad that's happening. Yeah, and if you can work out why the bad things happening and try and deal with that rather than just try and cope. Because if you try and deal with the stress head on, it's just going to mask it for a while. Whereas like you're stressed or you're burnt out because there's an underlying problem there. And I think sorting that out is the most important thing. I don't yeah. think I really get stressed. You're saying this, yeah. I get massively <laughs> stressed. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I, I have meltdowns all the time. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. But I don't think I do. Like I get stressed if... I'm on a job and we've got the wrong wall dimensions or something like that. And it's like a problem in front of me that has to get solved. But I don't know, I don't really, I just, it just happens and I just deal with it as it comes. Yeah, so I think I I'm really kind of similar. I, I will get stressed in a situation in terms of like, you know, turning up here and like we've forgotten a tripod or there's one mic instead of two or whatever. Yeah. But there's always a way to deal with it. And I think I'm very good at dealing with that because behind it, I'm very on it with like productivity in terms of like planning stuff out, making sure I'm getting stuff done so that when it does come to the actual recording, for example, or a work project, 
I've got everything sorted and organised that if anything does go wrong in the moment, it can only go wrong in that moment. So then it just needs to be sorted out and you can just, like you said, tackle it head on. Yeah, I think like my biggest problem is because we do so much, we have so many businesses that are doing so many different things at one time. It's like, yes, you can get everything in order. So like... Day, most of the time it's fine because you like you know what you're doing this week I'm doing this this and this and then it's like then something happens and another business needs you and you kind of have to go and help out with that and then because you're doing that you're not paying you'd plan to do all of this other stuff for this other business mm. and then then something else comes in and it's just like that not having enough hours in a day to do all of the things you've set yourself up for mm. I think that's when I get stressed when it, you've got like too many people need you for something and you're, you've kind of said yes to them all mm. and then it's having to deliver on all of those and doing them well and I think that's what kind of gets to me the most. So then how do you deal with that directly when that situation would happen? Um, I have a bit of a meltdown normally. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like, well, I'll be like, okay, well, shit, all these things are happening. What do I need to prioritise? It's like, if, if I don't do any of them, the world's not going to end. So I think realising that is really important. Mm. And then thinking like, well, if I didn't do any of these things, which would have the biggest impact if it didn't happen? Solve that one first and then work my way back. Because it's like some things, it's obviously not ideal that they're not being dealt with, but literally it's the kind of the least worst out of all of them. Yeah, I think, that's, I think the prioritisation is very important. And that's, you know, again, comes down to like, if something goes wrong on a day or if, you know, you get an email saying the wall dimensions are wrong or you can't get a certain type of paint or whatever, it's like you have to go, okay, actually, can we get on without that paint? Can we do it differently? Because the wall dimensions are different and work out what is the priority. The priority is to get the job done. The priority is to deliver on this. The priority is to, you know, whatever this person has, has asked for. So how can we make that thing happen with what we have available? And I, that, that's how I always attack things like that when I'm stressed. It's like, have the meltdown and then go, right, actually, let's take a step back. What can we do to make the situation as best as it can be? And I think once you start to, again, it comes back to being on the front foot. Yeah. Once you get on the front foot with it, you're, you're in the swing of it. Yeah. And all of a sudden that stress disappears because you're like, right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And you just start like hammering through things literally yeah, I think as well like one thing I've learned a lot is how important like just honesty is yeah. like especially like with clients and stuff so if you're dealing with lots of different people and you are having a meltdown and you need to do these things say to some people like look this has happened because generally people are quite understanding like people aren't dicks and they will help you out mm. if you ask but I think if you don't ask that's when the problems happen it's when you just don't say anything to them and they're like, well, I didn't know that happened. So yeah. the communication's important, yeah. yeah, for sure. Have you got um the stress doesn't really achieve anything. Yeah, exactly. It just makes you feel like shit. So just try not to get stressed. Like look at look at things in context and look at stuff and say, like, how will I think of will I even remember this in five years' time? And normally the stuff that you're really stressed about, you won't remember it in like next week, let alone five years' mm. time. So yeah, just just zoom out from the problem and see whether it's really something worth something like waking you up in the middle of the night or whatever. It's like, this too shall pass, everything. I think, I think it kind of links a bit to the question we answered earlier about how, like, why is it, like, why is it happening? And are you doing the right thing for yourself? Because mm -hmm. if something is just making you stressed all the time and you hate it, 
stop doing it yeah like find something else to do stop working that thing you hate doing stop hanging out with that person who makes you feel sad or down or like just change your life like it's not as hard as it seems it might seem really horrible but just changing things can be so much better yeah and I think we get that attachment don't we to things we like identify ourselves through those things so like a, a job or a person or a group of friends or car or whatever and it's like we attach ourselves to them that we become those things instead yeah. of like actually it doesn't matter if you've got a different car you'll probably get another job yeah. you know you, there are other people out there who will be familiarity your familiarity is really comfortable even if it's bad for you so even if like you're stuck in a in a bad relationship or or you're in a job that you hate it's familiar so people will stick to it because it's better like better the devil you know I guess yeah. would be the phrase but and it's like and you because you understand that it's like you know how that works whereas this other thing that you haven't gone into yet is just like the darkness you've no idea mm, what's yeah. happening there but when you look at like every good thing that has happened in your life it always happens after a change always life happens lived after a change. on the edge of your comfort zone as they say yeah yeah, 100%. And and not enough people. I think it was I think it's Benjamin Franklin who said most people die when they're 25 and their body gets buried when they're 70. Um and I think that's so true for so many people because after 25 the familiarity just hits and they just get stuck in the same routines and and it's so important to switch it up especially if you're not happy like yeah, live on live on that edge. Um so the next question that we've got moving on is uh the golden question that we've all been asked a lot of times but um it's from internalings on Instagram and they ask how to find the right audience for your work and grow that. Oh, I think oh, I think for me, this, so I've got two approaches to this, which is interesting in itself because Dreamers Disease podcast, I have a different approach to the Retro Football Shirt podcast because Retro Football Shirt podcast is super niche, but accessible. And I think you are going to be a fan of that podcast if you're into football, if you like football shirts and you like a bit of nostalgia. So if you tick all those three boxes or two of the three, you're likely to be interested. So you can easily target and find those people by associating yourself with other brands or things within that area. And particularly for us, there's like a, a bit of a community that's growing around retro football shirts and classic shirts and all of this sort of stuff. And you know that that's not for me and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wouldn't come to you and be like, oh, have you listened to retro football shirt? But I'd speak to Anton about it because I know Anton is a football fan and likes football shorts and you know, we were talking about football, or whatever, you know, you know where that audience is and they're easy to find. Whereas with Dreamers Disease, it is kind of still niche, but it's also a bit more broad. And I think, whereas, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, you guys know your audience is young creative entrepreneurs, whereas my audience is even broader than that still, because it's like people who feel like you may be a little bit lost in life and fit within a 25 to 35 year old age bracket really but it could be younger could be older so it's a, it's a bit more broader so it's a harder market to sort of really pin down on but it works because so many people do feel a bit like that and like to hear these stories of people like yourselves of how they've got to where they've got to and what struggles they've ha had to overcome and how they take care of themselves and the wellness behind it and all that so it can we work are actually both big ways. with the over 50s 
So yeah, yeah, we've we've got a, a lot of um, yeah, a lot of over fifties that listen to us. So we we didn't make it with a specific age bracket in mind, and I think that's why it does appeal to sort of yeah. such a wide spectrum. I I really didn't want it to be specifically for young people because I I don't want to patronise and I don't want to like I think it's just it's for creative people, and you can be any age to to get some value from it. And you can start anything at any age. Like yeah. You don't have to be, you know. 21 to start that cool project you want to do like you could be like, I'm 31 and I just started to learn to skateboard and it's like yeah. that's not help, being 31 has not held me back although it probably should with the state of my knees <laughs> and my hips but you know it's, it's not something that's going to hold me back and it shouldn't be the same with a project if you want to design like, I think the guy who you forwarded me in that email the guy who designed those awesome football cards yeah I think he was like in that like 40 plus age bracket if I remember rightly I might be confusing yeah. him with yeah, someone yeah, else so. and he started that project because he was like really passionate and wanted to do it it's like you don't have to be 20 to do that you yeah so that was be... someone who we we sent over your way because we thought it might be an interesting like co-collaboration with your football shirts podcast because he's made football shirts trading cards um, and he just got in touch to to share a win with us and he was basically saying that he had previously made three kickstarter projects but he'd never had the courage to go live on any That's of right. them yeah um, and the time that it takes to put a Kickstarter project together is significant, but he just didn't have the courage to push the button on, on publish. And this, through listening to the podcast, gave him the, the courage to finally go live yeah. and that's, and it got funded. So he did the right thing. But I kind of said to him as well, like, had it, even had it not got funded, you still would have learned a lot and it was still worth, like, and, and at least you got over the, the fear of pushing the button. And then if it hadn't worked, it did, so it's great. But if it hadn't worked, he could then have learned from, like, okay, what did work on this project and what didn't, so his next would be more successful and so on and so on exactly. but, but yeah it all it all comes down to taking the action yeah and so then going back to the original question because sorry I was only went off topic there how have you guys then built up or found and then built up your audience finding them is the hard thing I think yeah. isn't it it's you've got to work out who you want to appeal to and where they hang out I think you could like a good way to look at it is like think about who would benefit from listening to your show who can you help it's like if you can find out because but for again, for us, because we're looking to help people who are in jobs they don't enjoy, people who have got a passion that they want to follow and make into a career or make like turn it into something bigger. And yeah, there's not like walking down the street, you couldn't spot someone like that. Yeah. Like obviously if, if you've got football shirts and you're walking down the street and you spot someone with like a 1982 West Ham shirt, you could be like, I know that you know yeah. it's like a little thing. But um yeah, it's so hard for us to know that. So I suppose a lot of ours have come to us yeah. because they've been searching for it. Like we're called Creative Rebels and a lot of our audience comes through people typing in creative into iTunes oh, really? or Spotify, yeah, and finding us through that. Yeah, and I think they they relate to, like specifically the Rebels half, is that I think people that listen to us have always felt that they're different in some way and they felt like if they are in a job they're feeling like a little bit crushed by that system and they know that they're that they can do more and that there's more to their life than than just and I mean I know we've we've definitely spoken to um there's one person specifically coming to mind the girl who was doing the the medical degree um yes but there's we know that there's people who listen to us who are earning big money but would be so much happier earning less money but doing what they enjoy and I think yeah that's that's so we had to find where those people were hanging out and I think the way that we did it that's kind of a, a sort of almost like a cheat hack kind of way is that 
we knew that by getting the guests on that we would have, them sharing the podcast with their audiences would bring on, and because we may just get like 10 new listeners from each from each guest sharing it out. It's probably more than that, but like however many it is, like the gradual momentum as the show goes along, some people will find it organically because they're searching for some sort of podcast that's going to spark their creativity. Others will find it because they hear a guest on there. And then the rest is down to us in, in just terms of marketing. So it's doing so, events. So many people find out about it is because, because we provide genuine value to people and we yeah. genuinely help people, they share it with other people. And I think if you can do that, if you can provide so much value to someone that they're, like we say at the end of every show, like if you got any value from a show, please share it with someone yeah. else who might need it. Because there's a good chance that if you're in that situation, you know someone else who's in exactly the same situation. Yeah. And a lot, we get a lot of people like share on their stories, like tag other people in it, like in our comments and stuff saying like, you need to listen to this, like this is for you. Mm. And we get a lot of people who come to us and, who've been put on by someone else and I think that's really valuable if you can create some if you can create such good value that people share it within themselves yeah. and create that actual full virality behind it totally because most people create content and I heard Gary Vee talking about this most people create content that's a press release for themselves rather than delivering value to, to the listener yeah. or the or the watcher or the follower um, and it's it's people follow for, for people follow accounts that they can get something out of so if you're looking to build an audience think what can you deliver to that audience uniquely that no because no one else has your voice no one else can get across your message in the same way that you can and I mean I, I was kind of worried when we started our podcast because like we're both introverts and we're kind of laid back we don't have a, a Gary V style like hey guys right what I want you to do is I want you to get out I want you to crush it we don't have that we're not like that and so I was really worried that people wouldn't they wouldn't like it because we're not like rah-rah motivational people but it turns out that's our unique voice. Yeah. That's why people listen to us because they want, like, they want to hear how we put it to them. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I, I find the same. Is that I'm quite introverted in. I, I'm not, you know, I'm quite softly spoken. I'm not in your face. Like, yeah, I mean, I can get like that when I'm really like gassed up about something, <laughs> which is, you know, rare, but it happens. But people come to the podcast because the fact that I actually do less talking and I let the person share their experience because the value isn't directly coming through me, but it's coming through the conversation that I'm directing with the guest and their stories and their experience. And then obviously where I do, I chip in with my part and that's where the value comes from. So I think it's like the value doesn't have to be so direct all the time and even yeah, with I like, love that about your show actually is that, that there is such an equal balance of that and it's something that I'm still working on but I think you nail it perfectly in getting the the most you can out of the guests but then also like chipping in your because you'll, you'll go on a lot longer tangent than I have the confidence to but it's but it's good and it's valid yeah, I, you know I really what? Like it's, it. and I think I said this to you in one of the very first episodes that you put out I said it felt very pacey it was like bang 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 it was like 20 minutes had gone and you'd rattled through so much stuff I was like geez like what's the cut it was the one with Pippa I think I was yeah, like geez yeah. what's to come with like the next 40 minutes whereas like I'm more happy to like just talk about three topics over the space of an hour and just really just like ask why and dive yeah. a little bit deeper and just have that space to have those conversations and I think both work do you know what I mean it's just yeah. what you're more comfortable with and I think that's where the value comes from like you said it's your unique voice and it's how you get that across within your 
and it again doesn't have to be podcast related stuff when it comes to value yeah. it's like the value could come through comedy or it could come through a product or it could come through you know writing or whatever it is yeah. you know? i think that unique voice is so important just for the fact that like everyone's on a journey and everyone's on a different point of that journey mm. it's like when we first started there's also that kind of like nerves of like well who else is in our space like these people have got like multi-million pound companies mm. dollar companies and these huge personalities have got like thousands of people working for them it's a real like different thing so like are people going to listen to us obviously like we've been pretty successful like we've got 15 staff we've got like four businesses and yeah it's things are going well but we're not them so like are people going to listen to us but that's been some of our best feedback and from people who are like thank god there's someone who i can actually relate mm. to here like it's not some big like 50 year old american white guy who's just shouting at me mm. it's like someone who's actually a bit more down to earth and like relatable yeah, yeah which i think it ties into a question that i got which seems to keep happening but a question I got about scaling up and I think what I've always admired about the way you and this is just like become the love of between our podcast now which isn't <laughs> the intention but genuinely like what I love about the way you guys approach the podcast is you I can tell I don't know if you were so aware of it but I can tell that you approached it with all of the business experience you've had over the last nine years and you put that into how to like you said create a number one podcast how do yeah. you launch a number one podcast and you used all of that experience to push that forward and i think in terms of so the question that i got basically was about scaling up is it's like building on where we just were and said you've now got your audience you've now done the thing you've now pressed press go on the kickstarter you've now you know whatever it is made your first product your first bag whatever how do you scale up from there and like what i admire about you guys is how quickly you have scaled up in terms of like you said getting speaking gigs and doing like events at apple and all that yeah. sort of stuff because you can approach it with that experience of the business side of things so for you and again my view on this might be slightly different but for you guys like what what do you do or how do you look at things and go all right how can we've got this how can we scale it now uh we've always leveraged brands because brands have money and it's t it would take a lot longer like Firstly, I wouldn't want to do it. But secondly, I wouldn't want the work involved in like asking every single listener for a pound. I'd mm. rather go and ask like a brand for 10 grand. Do you know what I mean? Because there's nothing to them. They're happy to do it. Um, so leveraging brands, I think is big. Leveraging, we've, we kind of leveraged the audience, um, leverage the audience of, our, of other influencers. Yeah. Because um, we're like, if we're talking specifically the podcast, like we, we started with zero. We knew we had to, come in with a bang so we just got big guests off the bat just yeah and literally just going out asking lots of people and so like one thing that like we did a lot of where i'd go out and do like photo shoots for big influencers who had big audiences for free mm. and get to know them well get a friendship going there and then as soon as you make an ask of like would you come on our show they just say yes mm. because you've given them that value already. So I think like our podcast, yes, it launched to number one and seems quite quick, but we were preparing for that like eight months to a year before. Yeah. And like if, if we'd have just, if this was all we did, just podcasts, like it would have been a short time period because we're obviously very busy doing other things. So, um, oh, if, <laughs> if, we, if we just did the podcast, we'd be dangerous. Like you'd, we'd be on billboards. Like we'd, yeah. like if we had time to dedicate just to doing the podcast and creating content, fuck, it would be unbelievable. I almost wish we did. Like because <laughs> just to show like how 
much we could explode it. Um, but sadly, we've got other shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I mean, we are we are still stepping up. We're going to be doing um, this. This will be a bonus episode. We're going to yeah. do. We're going to start putting out a little bit more content and see mm. how that goes. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's it. It's like if we had. Actually, this is quite funny. So we had this conversation the other day. So we've just got a really big brand deal, and it's how much is it? Like say, say if it's like around ten grand. Straight away, we were looking at how we could spend that 10 grand to grow the show mm. and like that's just the way our minds work we don't take a big wage from our businesses we don't earn that much money personally because everything we ever get we're growing long term i think that's a really important thing of why we've lasted the length we have mm. and why like anything we have we'll invest straight back into it so like straight away we're like hey we broke it down we're like hey well we could spend this on this this and this this and this this and this and there was nothing for us in that literally not a single penny we were taking out for something that we wanted everything was how can we grow this how can we help more people i think because we're so passionate about helping as many people as we can and that's why we started it to help people it's like that's what gets us excited that's what keeps pushing it it's like that's what keeps me every single week being up until one in the morning getting the show ready to go out the next day because it's like i'm passionate about it and like we just want to help as many people as possible mm. and I can't remember what the original question was. That's a scale. Yeah, scale That's up. scale. Yeah. But, um, I think find something you're passionate about and just keep working at it. It's like there's a lot of talk about kind of a hustle mindset and how you need to work so many hours a day. And when you first start, you do. You need to go. It's like... I had a yeah, great... there's all, the, all this backlash online about hustle porn and all that stuff. Yeah. But it, it, like you, you do need to work hard. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a really great analogy that I heard the other day that it's like driving a car it's like you start in first gear you put your foot down the engine goes and you go fucking mental you work really hard but if you drive like that forever you're just going to ruin your car yeah. like you need to get to a stage where you come into second come into third come into fourth chilled out like yeah. slow down a bit but that out the gate needs to be a good amount of effort because you've got competition you've got people you've got to beat you've got a level you need to get up to it's like when we launched we we're like okay well we need our graphics to look this good because this is what everyone else is doing it's like you need to start but you like we say this quite a lot it's like people say like oh well you shouldn't be perfect like you should just just get going but you still need to be good you still need to mm. have a good product that people are going to like and people can look at and trust it's like trust is the biggest thing with selling anything and yeah if- i guess that that kind of answers the question of like how do you scale up like it will naturally happen if you're good yeah like yeah just yeah just keep going because because it's never been a a case of us of like oh like how do we how do we employ more staff how do we get a studio like it's just this is the next logical step because we've we're we're bringing in this many clients and we can afford to do this and yeah we've created a product that's got value so it's like if every person who listens to our podcast can tell one other person about it and that keeps happening that's how you scale you keep yeah. putting out quality content consistently for a long period of time and it will just yeah. like spread and I think keep building on it as well isn't it it's like I've always so I, like you guys I started just audio and then it was like right I got to a point where I was like right I want to start filming yeah. started filming making clips and then over time the clips have become more and more they started off in like really crappy black and white because yeah. both cameras didn't match and the quality wasn't great and now it's like we're shooting in like 4k like making really nice edited clips on IGTV and it's like you just over time you just start to make that next step like you said and it's like knowing 
that if you're still moving in the right direction, eventually the scaling will come. And it might not be like zero to a hundred straight off the bat. I mean, you can make it happen as you guys have proved, but it could also be very long-term. It's like, you know, I've always had this thing of like looking at the 30 day listenership of the podcast and using that as my general figure of like the overall growth. And it's yeah. like, you know, it started off with like 1000 in the 30 days and then it'd be like 5,000, then it's 8,000. Then I checked like a couple of weeks ago and it, you know, I'd hit 10,000 in a month for the first time. And it's like, I hadn't done anything out of the ordinary, anything special. It's just, you keep going and you keep putting out good content. And they said, it's the trust. People come back to it. They recommend it to a friend. They then recommend it to another friend. And it's like, it scales itself. But I think you do get to a point where you have to go, right, How? what can I do now yeah. physically to but like I think as well, as well, like more you do something, the better you get at it and the quicker you get. Yeah. And then like, so like setting up this today, it's like how many times have you set this up now? And I bet it's so quick now to get set up compared to what it was like the first yeah. time. And it's like editing. And so it's like if previously it would have taken so many days to get something edited and then now you can do that in a few hours mm. and then now we can get someone like Anton to help us out and do that for us and suddenly okay, there's more time there now so I think like scaling is basically making your time more efficient and working yeah. out well what am I doing what's taking up most of my time can someone else do this if they can if they physically can do it it's like someone I can't get someone else to come and sit and record for us because I'd have to physically be here to do that mm. but what I can do is I can get someone else to edit. I can get someone else to help with visuals. I can get, there's lots of things that we're still doing ourselves, but in the future we'll be able to get other people to do yeah. those because I don't need to be doing that. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a, that is a good way of looking at scaling is the time, yeah. amount of time you put into stuff and using it more effectively. Cause that's what I've done. Yeah. I've always done it with like, I've got Andrew who edits the audio for me. Yeah. Obviously like we've mentioned Anton, like there's, you know, and it just saves the time of doing it. You know, that edit, you know, as you guys know, well, Adam knows editing the audio, it's an hour long interview. That takes two to three hours because you have to go back, you listen, you chop something out, you go back, you listen. You, same with video. And it's like, but the more you do it, the quicker you get it. But if you can get and someone else to do that, you save those two, three hours to then focus on something else. And the thing is, yeah, once you've got those two or three hours back, you're like, well, this is free time now. What can I do with this mm -hmm. time? And that's when you start looking at new things to do, growing. And that's like that's how you grow. Mm. Yeah. So we had Zach and Jay on the podcast. Um, they're two YouTubers. And when we interviewed them in January, they had 30,000 followers. Mm. And they've now got 330,000 followers, um, subscribers on YouTube. But they, they said to us at the time, they were like, we can't be bothered to do this the normal way. We're just going to hack it. And basically they just come up with as many different like stunts basically yeah. that they can that will pull in maximum attention. Yeah. Um, and there are ways to just to just really like jump something if you if you have the right idea and the right execution. Um, and that like those guys are a really good example of that of just like pulling off something really audacious mm. that will get so many eyeballs on you and, and yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah. There's, yeah, I mean, scaling, there's so many ways, but I think a lot of it is keep going, isn't it? Yeah. That is the, that is the actual hack is keep going. Then don't overstress about it because I think that's what we t tend to do is we stress about, I'm not growing quick enough, but it's like quick enough for who, yeah. you know? Um, having that patience of realising that it will come if you keep going. Yeah. And as soon as you get to a stage when you try and force it, that's when things start to get a bit shit because you yeah. get a bit desperate and it stops becoming fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah just changing gears 
slightly. One of the things I always get asked about is books because I'm always posting on my stories like the book I'm reading or the books I've just bought or asking people for book recommendations. So probably the biggest question I get asked is like, what books would you recommend someone for like, for me, I get like personal growth, but like just what, what yeah. books have you read that have kind of well, changed so firstly, your... I, w- I, would, I would recommend books <laughs> in general because they are so fucking valuable. Like I think like we've spoken about this before about like investing in yourself and I think books are like the cheapest way to invest in yourself I think we spent did we spend a grand last year on Audible yeah (laughs) yeah like we spent a shit ton of money on Audible and it's like it's such a good way to learn because I think I've learned more from Audible than I ever did at school because I can pick what lessons I take Mm. I can I can go through and be like I want to learn about that so I can yeah. read about it. So uh, Emma Gannon's book was a big one for me. I think I think that's um, that, like the advice in there. I think I loved it because I just know how much our audience would get from it more than what I got from it because we're, we're sort of more like quite established. But um, Emma Gannon's book's great. The multi hyphen method. method not theory like I called it in the podcast and had to edit out so that's a good book Um, Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck is the most important book on the planet you will recognise so much stuff that happened in your in your childhood and and realise sort of yeah that you've been in the matrix for all your life mm. like that's such a, a transformative book most important book in the human in the english language i i believe what else have i loved what have you what do you love love will store will store oh my god <laughs> will store his books are all amazing they're all so amazing science of storytelling is great but my favorite book which is most recent one but my favorite book of his is selfie that book is just incredible like it's such a trip into the human mind and how we process and how we tell stories and how stories make up our entire lives and how weird human little monkeys are we're just we're just such weird creatures Mm -hmm. and i i think uh, i mean we had him on the podcast and it as soon like because what we tend to do is we look at a guest and as we're in this kind of building stage, we look at how many followers they've got because the cold hard truth of it is if they've got a large following that could help our show grow. So what we want to do is build it to a stage where we can get someone on who's got 500 followers if they, if we think they're going to like provide value to our audience, but that's once we've got a massive audience for now, we're kind of looking at, but when it came to Will, he's only got, I think 8,000 Twitter followers and that's it. And that like, that's a lot of people. It's still, that's a good number, but it's not like 3 million like Brandon Whitefall who we had. Like it's it's a much smaller number. But as soon as I read Selfie, I was like, we've got to get this guy on because we've got to get him before he does Rogan and just becomes absolutely huge because he has the absolute potential to be like the, one of the biggest authors on the planet because what he writes is just fucking gold. I can't, I can't say enough about Will Starr. In fact, his episode blew Adam's mind so much that you had to go home for a lie down, didn't you? It did, you? yeah. It was a great that. episode. I think we finished recording about 3 p.m., and I came out and I was just like, fuck. Like, because yeah. my, so on to like one of my favorite books is Seth Godin's This Is Marketing, yeah. which like I love Seth Godin. All of his books are great. This Is Marketing is his most recent one that kind of like summarizes everything else that he's done so far. And 
that is so much about kind of psychology and why people do things like in terms of like having tribes like groups of people and people want to be a part of something it's like the reason you're wearing converse shoes now says something about who you are and how you kind of how you want to portray yourself to the world and what group you count yourself in mm. and having that kind of group mentality of like why we do it and that's and how like psychological that is in terms of being a caveman and needing to be part of a group and all that kind of thing. So off the back of Will Stores episode, which is completely so similar, but way more about the kind of evolutionary human nature side of things, that that combined with Seth Godin's This Is Marketing, just like, it was like a key unlocked in my mind. <laughs> it was like, whoa, okay, we've got these two things here, this amazing marketing book and this pure human psychology that are both pretty similar and like, like Will Store didn't know who Seth Godin was. No. And I wow. said, I was like, this is crazy because what you're both talking about is so, so similar, but just in two completely different worlds. Like one's marketing and one's just kind of like general human psychology. And it was just like, I left that just like, fuck. Because I'd connected those two dots mm. and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. It's so interesting. And that's just changed the way I think about brands completely now. And then my other favorite book is Start With Why by Simon Sinek, which I think if anyone's starting anything, you have to read that first. Because mm. it's like, this is why, it's why we started our podcast in terms of like, we found our why and we did it because of a why. And I think that's why it's been so successful. Yeah. We didn't do it because we wanted to make money from it. We did it because we had that need to help people and that strong why and that belief and that purpose is what's led us through everything else and I think I'm really into kind of like brand and the kind of building a brand and building like something that people care about and yeah those two books for me are just like a great way to get started and anyone who's getting started I always recommend those two books first if you're starting a business or want to do any branding or anything yeah and I think I'd throw in in the mix Tools of Titans Tim yeah, Ferriss is yeah. on that is just like page turner like you can open the book on any page yeah. and there is just a gem from someone because it's yeah. like all of the best interviews all of the best parts of the best interviews sorry from his podcast which is yeah. like the number well one of the number one podcasts which you and you actually gifted me that it book is, so yeah, thank you right. very much have you read it yet no not yet okay you're, you're in for a treat um, it's an unbelievable book and it's like, it's the book that I've read that I think I've taken the most direct knowledge from because it's kind of, it's broken into three sections. It's healthy, wealthy, and wise. Yeah. So there's like a whole section on health and like just mad stuff. Like, you know, like Wim Hof, the Iceman and stuff like yeah. that. There's a wealthy one says so like big business people, but just generally people like Arnold Schwarzenegger as well, like talking and, like, and then there's like wise and there's just like, just gems of like life. And it's just so well put together and it's just like, it's just incredible and it's just so the, the information is so direct it's like each chapter is probably like five pages if that and it's yeah. like the best bits of the interview and you're just like wow I think that's the amazing thing about Ferris as a human being is the way that he he gets to the there's no fluff it's like he's like how do I get the maximum amount of value from this with the minimal amount of effort as well he just distills everything down it's really really clever the way he does that I've just picked up well, I've, I've had it for a year but I've literally picked up to read it today Tribe of Mentors which yeah. is the follow up version of it that. Um, again so it's great because so that you can open it on any page again and it's a different person and it's just he's basically 
he just basically hacks everything and he's mm. broke his everything down to seven questions That's I think it. seven or twelve uh, questions that he sends to every single guest and says answer as many or as little of these, as these as you want if you could do three I'd really appreciate that mm. and it's so interesting going through like we like Debbie Millman who we had in our show is one of the first people in that really? and there was a quote that she said in there that it's just like it's just inc- incredible and then when mm. we interviewed her she said it on the show and I was just like oh this is amazing yeah it, and then that was the quote yeah. as busy as a decision busy as a decision yeah, yeah nice. that. yes so good yeah. yeah another book I'd friend if you liked Will's store and I haven't read his books but I listened to that episode and knowing the stuff that he talks about which is very much in the lane of stuff that I love I could sit and talk to him for five hours I reckon um yeah, if you love that kind of conversation, you need to check out Jiddu Krishnamurti's stuff. Yeah. Like, his stuff is like... So everything that Will talks about has... Not directly, but Jiddu talks about it and has been talking about it for... Or was talking about it for like 50 to 70 years before he died. And it's just like... But on a really, like, stripped back level. And it's like... It just makes you realise so much about life you didn't even know that you needed to know in like a really spiritual, like non-attachment to anything, just live your life kind of way. It's unbelievable. What are the names of his books? There's loads, but the two that I'd recommend, I've read them both. One is Freedom Freedom From The Known, which is a really thin, small book. And a lot of the books that of his stuff is made up from his talks and like transcripts of his talks and you know stuff like that. But this book, he, I think he actually worked with the author on it, so it's probably one of the best examples out there of his work. And the other one is the the Awakening of Intelligence, which is literally transcripts of. And he talked because he speaks in like broken English. Some of the chapters are quite. It, t- it takes a while to understand the way he talks through reading it, if that makes sense. But once you get it, you're like, oh my God, like this is unbelievable. So those two I would chuck straight in. And they're a lot more in my kind of spiritual lane as well. So, but yeah, we got a final question to we have. Yeah, the, the final question is from our friend on Instagram who always uh, interacts with our stuff, which is lovely, which is um, Doric Skateboards. Um, and he talks about how to deal with haters. Just ignore them. Straight up ignore cool. them. I and think that, that's, that's, yeah. that's a wrap folks. Yeah, no, 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 it's genuinely I think it's like you can take it to heart and I think you can let it sit with you but ultimately it's one voice out of potentially loads more who are being positive and I think it's a lot easier to hear that negative in, in and amongst the positive and we, we've all done it we've all been there and you know you could have a thousand comments on on a post that's like love this love this but that one person says you're a bit of a dick that will sit and play with you so it's like why do we allow ourselves to attach to the negative is because we love to put ourselves down because we love to put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation of like you know fight or flight and that puts us in that fight or flight mode so it's like strip it back and be like actually that person's comment doesn't really matter because a it's their opinion and b I'm not really going to be bothered about that in five years' time, as you said earlier, or f- even five weeks' time, five days' time. So yeah. just ignore them. Like, I think it's the best advice you can give yeah. to someone. It definitely is hard. Unless to they're persistent, then report them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's harassment. Yeah. Um, I think it definitely is hard to block out. I think that's probably a lot to do with the fact that people don't really say negative things to people often. Mm. So it's like, if you say, like, hey, how's it going? How's your day? People are generally pretty nice. If you post something online people generally only put positive stuff. If, whether they think it or not, that's just how they respond. So you kind of, you, it becomes, you become a bit numb to niceness. And I think you probably just see it all the time, like, oh, cool. like especially like if, someone, if I 
if I post a picture, I'll kind of go down and like, even if I get like, say, 80 comments on something, that's like a hell of a lot. And I'll go down, but it doesn't really give me that much of a endorphin rush mm. because it happens so often. Mm. And I think it's as soon as someone puts a negative thing, that's something like, oh, I'm not used to that. And it mm. kind of shocks you. I think it's probably like that bit of shock as well that makes it feel like it's so much worse. Yeah. But yeah, but then realizing that it doesn't really matter. And sometimes like things can be constructive. Like if it's negative, be like, well, what can I take from this? Exactly. Which is positive. Yeah. And some people don't, some people aren't very good at articulating themselves properly. And yeah. I, I've noticed that sometimes I'll read something that I, like, cause sometimes you're you, like, you'll see an argument going on. And then when you, when you read like the further explanations, it's just like the original poster is just articulated it in a really bad way. And what they were saying was actually not that negative. And then when the two of them have kind of hashed it out, they're really like, oh no, oh sorry, no, I didn't mean it like that. I was just kind of saying this. That's the thing, it's like online, if it is just a written piece of text, it's like the amount of times that you've texted someone and they've taken it wrong because the emotion's lost in it because it is just words. You can't tell if someone's saying that in like a jokey way or if they're saying it in a mean way or, yeah. or anything. Mm. And I mean, so most of the comments you're going to get are going to be positive. Some people are just dicks. <laughs> um, there's nothing you can do about that. But if you get the same criticism that reoccurs over and over again, then maybe there's something that you should look at there. But yeah, you've just got to not let it bother you. And that's really easy to yeah. say and really hard to do. Do you know what's a tip for that? And I know I said ignore them, but genuinely this is a really helpful tip that I found when... So I, I had a, quite a few videos posted on The Good Quote and they've got like 16 million Instagram followers. Yeah. So you get quite a lot of comments. A lot of them were very lovely and then they'd be like the odd shit one. And the best way that I could deal with that was just reply with positivity. Yeah. Just be like, thank you. Hope you have a great day. Smiley face, yeah. sunglasses emoji, yeah. done. And then by doing that, you almost negate the feeling of like the negativity that you've had because you've just responded with a positive thing and you've kind of straight away parked that aside as like, oh, it's cool, I dealt with it. Yes, you've addressed it rather than just let it stew. Yeah. Because the, like, the instinct is to go with aggression, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, what, but we no, talking about me. Well, you <laughs> don't understand. No, that like you've yeah. got completely the wrong end of the stick. That wasn't what I was trying to say. And yeah. you want to defend yourself. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the best thing to do is, is realise that for someone to spend time online leaving negative comments to people, it's like there's a lot more going on for them in their lives than you you probably ever know. And it's just they're not worth your time. Just just you've just got to move on. And I think I think the poster like that asked this probably knew what we were gonna say. He probably knew we were gonna say you've just yeah. got to ignore it. Like the block button is beautiful. You never have to worry about them again. Block, move on, block, move on. It's so, like oh, Oh, it's refreshing. Just block and move on. It's lovely. Just do that. Be happy. Yeah, I think that's what's nice about the block function and the mute function on Instagram is it's like you can just completely curate your life. Like you don't need to have these shit things happening all the time. You can just remove it. Yeah. Mm. And Surround yourself by people who are loving and nice and just exactly. live a happy life. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Fantastic. Boom. Well, this was fun. We should, uh, we'll do this again, I think. I yeah. think we will, yeah. It's been great. Yeah. We'll come with more questions. Yeah, so... so if, and if yeah. anyone is listening and does want to ask more questions, then obviously you can find us all online. We'll go from David around. How can they find us? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Rebels Create. I'm on Twitter at David Speed UK. I'm on Instagram at Adam Brazier, B-R-A-Z-I-E-R. 
Great photography on his page, by the way. And I am I am Alex Manzi on everything, basically. So mainly Instagram is where I hang out, though. So that's probably the best place. Yep, so you can download uh, Alex's podcast, The Dreamer's Disease, on any good podcast platform. And likewise with Creative Rebels, you can access that on any podcasting platform you wish. Oh, there we go. That was beautiful. <laughs> good collaboration there, guys. Well done. Thanks, Cheers, mate. guys. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We're trying to help a lot of people with this show, so we need your help to grow the community and spread our message. If you know someone who'd benefit from hearing what we talked about today, or they just need a little nudge in the right direction, pass this podcast on to them. If you want to hear more, then subscribe to us on iTunes. And if we helped you with anything, we'll really love you forever if you can leave us an iTunes review. It makes a huge difference. See ya.